You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Hello, everybody. A little technical difficulties. It happens. Welcome to the Kelly Green Hour as we are here to dive into the initial 53-man roster for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm your host, Al Girell, and always I am joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, what's up, man? How was your vacation? It's still going. I'm still on vacation, but it started out good. You know, it's been nice weather and stuff, hanging out, celebrating my uh, my boy's second birthday. So it, uh, it's it been pretty good. Sorry for the uh, probable language to start the show. <laughs> the video, the intro video would not play um, for whatever reason. And then I thought I didn't hit broadcast. And then, well, I'll realize that I had hit broadcast <laughs> and kicked it off. So... But that's all good. We are here to talk about the 53-man roster announcement. And it was uh well I'm just gonna say let's let leave it to Howie to take us on a roller coaster ride of an offseason. They gave us like eight weeks of nothing to talk about, but when it came draft time and roster cut down day, holy heart rate. Yeah, the the preseason was awful, like the games were terrible, especially Saturday night's game when the Eagles played a bunch of people we didn't think would be on the roster um, as of 4 o'clock today. And while the Dolphins went out there with two with Tyreek Hill, um, like all their starters, and throwing 51-yard bombs on the first play. But um, before we get started, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LGHaral54. Uh, follow the Painted Lines on Twitter and YouTube at the Painted Lines. Follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook at Edger Philly Sports. See, I did it differently Got this it. time instead of last time. Um, but the big, big news, it. the big news of the day, about six hours ago, the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman fleeced the New Orleans Saints, trading two late round picks for defensive back Chauncey Gardner Johnson and a seventh round pick in a year in a couple of years. What did you think of that move? I was shocked. I did not expect it. We thought that the Eagles would make a move. The, the Before the trade was announced, Anthony Harris got waived, and I was like, okay, something's got to be going on at safety. But I did never expected it to be uh, C, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. What were your thoughts when that trade was announced and how it impacts the Philadelphia Eagles secondary? I was shocked, to be honest, when it came through. I mean – the return, okay, could they have gotten better potentially? But it sounded like if you read articles by New Orleans media, things were really bad. Like they were not good with him. They, they were about $4 million apart. On they were, yeah, they were a lot of money apart. He wasn't being coached anymore. He refused to allow the coaches to coach him. Things were just really bad. It was really volatile. They needed to get him out. The fact that somehow – how he seems to be the guy picking up the phone just as they're ready to make a move every time, like any team. He's always that guy who's making that opportunistic phone call to get in the acquisition for a bargain. But um, I loved him coming out of the draft a couple years ago. Um, I wanted Philly to take him then because we still had a need at safety back then as well. I think we had, you know, we had Malcolm Jenkins. He would, but we were running out of time with Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, we didn't really have a second safety per se. I think Rodney McLeod was there, but he was coming off the ACL. Um, so I think like he, I loved him then. And I understand there's a ton of talk about like, well, where does he fit in? How does he fit in? One of the things that we said about this defense was that he didn't have the personnel to run it the way he wanted to. And if you follow the honest NFL scout or whatever he is on on twitter he says it best he, he was a former eagle scout who cannot be identified yet and he said it he made a few tweets 
that said it best to how he was going to fit into this scheme and how it allows more for like, you know, you're going to have more nickel looks. You can have more one high safety approaches. And when the defense calls for man to man, Chauncey Gardner Johnson can stick man to man as it goes down the field and stuff. There's so much more versatility that he offers. And I think that people are thinking too much about the name. Like we already know there's so many different rooms to this defense now. There's like the edge room. There's the edge linebacker room. There's the linebacker room. There's the safety room. There's probably the nickel room, the dime room. The There's so many different rooms that all these people have to go in and, and meet for. And so I'm not really worried about that. I think that that concern that people are saying he's not an established safety in the NFL. So there's, how's he going to fit? How's he going to fit? And then his, I think it was his, uh, his agent, said or there was something that came out saying that he was going to make the full transition to safety well when malcolm jenkins when when malcolm jenkins came into the nfl he was a corner and he made that move to safety so it's possible and i'm not and i'm not going to say you know garner johnson's going to be malcolm jenkins but he he allows for the versatility um in this defense you know with the, the three cornerbacks that the eagles have in slay bradbury and maddox now Epps and, and Gardner Johnson in, at safety, you know, Blankenship, and, and we're going to dive into the roster, but Blankenship and, and Kamal Wallace also back there at safety. It's a young safety group. You know, the, the one thing, uh, and before, you know, Marina, uh, Marina, Marina, sorry if I mispronounced your name, Klaus, Fly Eagles Fly. Yes, we love that. You know, chime in and chime in on the chat as, as always. Um, we'll definitely, you know, get to your chat if you have any questions or anything about the roster. Uh, please let us know. We'll, we'll answer as we're going along. Um, but th- it's a very young safety room, if you think about it. Epps is pretty. Epps is probably the elder statesman. Is definitely the elder statesman of the group. Um, Kavon Wallace is the second. Like he's the second oldest, and he he, he got drafted three years ago, two years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was three years ago. Um, and then obviously John, uh, Gardner Johnson and then Reed Blankenship being an undrafted uh, rookie free agent this year. You know, it's versatility. Um, guys that that can. Play multiple, not all of them can, but play multiple. Like you said, if they have to cover a corner or if they have to cover a receiver or a tight end, they probably can do that. Um, and and it's no excuses now for Jonathan Gannon. Um, so we'll definitely see see what happens and, and see how he fits into this defense. Um, I kind of wish we had a game to see it, as if we would have seen any of it, honestly, though, like because the Eagles don't do anything in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like the move. The only thing that I, I don't want to say it bothers me, but if you look. There's a lot of guys that are on the last year of their contracts that the Eagles are going to have to pay next year, um, and it's going to be a matter of who they decide to keep. Decide to keep is is Bradbury going to come back? Johnson's on the last year of his deal. Um, you have some guys up front on the defensive line that they're, that are a little older that potentially probably won't be back. Fletcher Cox probably won't be back. Javon Hargrave might not be back. Uh, Brandon Graham, who knows about that? He may not be back. So. It's going to be interesting to see the outlook of this team beyond this year, but for the 2022 season, I'm really excited. You know, during the draft yesterday, our, our fantasy football draft yesterday, you know, we at the at the end we kind of all gave our predictions, and um, most most of the people said 11, uh, 11 and five, or excuse me, 11 and six. This was before knowing what the roster was, before the trade for Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and. The way that the, the, the all, that the preseason went for the Eagles, they're the they're the healthiest team in the division right now. Obviously, Dallas having offensive line problems and receiver problems. Chase Young out for Washington. Um, the Giants just a dumpster fire, as you know they they always are. You know if if it's going to obviously come down to Jalen Hurts, and if you if they can bring all this together and the coaches can coach these guys up. Should be a very exciting season. My my only fear, and I mentioned this yesterday, was when the Eagles have high expectations, they never they, they mostly fail to meet them. But when they come in as the underdog, as the team that nobody's talking about, that's when they surprise people. So they're, they're mm-hmm. gonna have to not read their own press clippings. They're gonna they're gonna have to not um they're they're gonna have to not, you know, say Look, we know we're good. We're going to go out there and win. No, you have to go out there and put it on the field. Detroit's going to be a hell. Of, it's not going to be forty-four to six like last year. As bad, I mean, we we don't we all make fun of Detroit, but Detroit's it's the first game of the year, home opener. 
Um, being on hard knocks, like they they got something to come out and prove that they're not the same old line. So it's going to be a tough game, and they can't. The Eagles can't come. They can't fly to Detroit and say, "Oh, as soon as we walk off the bus, we're going to win the game." It's not going to be like that. This team's going to have to bring everything together. But I like the the, the structure of this roster and the the surprising Chauncey Gardner Johnson move was it was the it was the the start it was the start of a pretty good day I think for the Philadelphia Eagles and the end of a really good offseason for Howie Roseman. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you said it best. And I think that's the big thing. A lot relies on Jalen Hurts and can he develop? Can he be the guy? Um, because obviously there's going to be some major question marks there as well is because you're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts if he ends up appearing to be the guy. So there's a lot of guys who have to get paid. But I do kind of like the transition that Howie has made from older roster to getting younger. This is a different. Years back, it was yeah. really old. Yeah, exactly. This is like a very different focus than what we've generally seen from Howie Roseman in the structure of a team. And like you said, like Fletcher Cox, unless it's a really team-friendly deal, which I'm sure some other team will pay him better, he's not coming back. Javon Hargrave would have to show show out and have a really big season. I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson will get re-signed because I feel like while he needed the change of scenery, I don't know if he would have committed to any other team without some sort of verbal saying of, as soon as I land in Philadelphia or wherever I'm going, we are talking contract. Like I have, you have to have that feeling that he got that verbal commitment from Howie. They, they, they're going to sit down and they're going to talk contract early and they're going to try and get something hashed out early or else he wouldn't have agreed to the move not that he had a no movement clause or anything but he probably wanted some type of verbal commitment there to it also, negotiate it also, helps, it also helps that um howie roseman and Cha- chauncey Gardner johnson both went to florida <laughs> that could be yeah. it yeah that could be so, it. That, that's know, a good I, thing too yeah um as david naughty says the Gardner johnson move gives me the same kind of vibes as when we traded for ronald darby that came out of nowhere when we traded uh, for Ronald Darby mm. and, and Darby obviously a starting corner on the Super Bowl winning team. Um, so yeah, I mean, this could be a big step for, for the, you get somebody who's only 24 at the safety position, a very a position of need for the Philadelphia Eagles. So it'll, you know, and he, we like, and, and at the end of it, like we went from a team that like, I see people tweeting out calling us a top five team now, like, they, and these are like legit yeah, national media. I hate the expectations too, but we have to like the fact that the national media is going out there and saying that when we were probably ranked around the 20th team before the draft, like that's crazy. And, but literally were... the only question mark that everyone says is what about Jalen Hurts? Is you remember the before, about the, before the draft when we were talking about how this team, it seemed like this team didn't have any talent. And then in the draft, you get Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, uh, Cam Jurgen straight for I think we round. were projecting like a eight nine season. Like I don't think me and you even had above five hundred in our thought process. Yeah, no, but how how he deserves a lot. Look, how he gets a lot of hate in this town, and maybe it is it is deserved and it's warranted. But he deserves praise, you know, when he does well. And he let's be real, he has turned this team around. Um, obviously, they were a playoff team last year, but now. They have a team that can contend for the division. I'm not going to say contend for a Super Bowl because I don't know if they're there yet. You know, there's question marks. Again, the quarterback is a question mark. I still think the head coach is a question mark, and the defensive coordinator is definitely a question mark. Yeah, um, so- I do I do think that, like, people are really sky high with the expectations. Like, some somebody, I think it was Mina Kimes, said top five, maybe top three. Like, I can definitely name probably five teams that I think have – I would be able to write them into a Super Bowl prediction, whereas I'm not necessarily there with the Eagles yet. I think division, playoffs, some mm-hmm. expect at least a win in the playoffs. I have those expectations, so, but I don't know if I'm fully there. Yeah, so on one of the things I, I had said yesterday during our fantasy draft was that the Eagles have to win a playoff game this year. It's cons- if they win one playoff game and get to the you know. Get to the the, um, the the divisional round and lose to a, a Green Bay, a Los Angeles, um, a, a Tampa Bay. That's fine. But if you if you go to the you win the division, go to the playoffs, and you lose, like th- that's a, that's a failure of a year. You have to win a playoff game, and you know, like, th- I don't think just making the playoffs is not good enough. 
as Dara, you know, Dara Snyder says, we are definitely top 10 in the league. They have the, definitely have the potential. The roster, the roster might be a top 10 roster. I just don't know. On paper, yes. On pa- definitely 10. on paper, but games aren't played on paper. We go back to 2011, mm-hmm. the dream team. I hate the, I hate those two words, but, you know, the team, the, the, the games aren't played on paper. It's not played on Madden. You know, you have to actually go out on the field, put a game plan together, and, and come out on top. Dave says, for me, defensive coordinator is the biggest question mark for this team. He's I definitely don't, up see, there. I don't know if I'm there with that. Like, I feel like that's extreme at this point because the biggest question mark has to be Jalen Hurts. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, you a defensive coordinator is more replaceable than a franchise quarterback. If we can answer the question of franchise quarterback, that is a massive l- – massive boulder off of our shoulders especially mm-hmm. with two first rounders next year we need to be able to use those two first rounders to Oof. address needs whether that be edge whether that be corner whether that be whatever we need to be able to use those picks Darrow, this could be our year for a second super bowl ring yeah, i'm not Darrow. talking super bowl yet can't no. talk super bowl yet i'm talking um, playoffs but like you have to think about it to me i think about it like this there's only like usually two maybe four teams that I write into the Super Bowl early on. And Philadelphia was not one of those teams to start the offseason. And they definitely still aren't one of them right now. Darrow, he says, don't doubt our birds. We're not doubting our birds. We're just trying to taper expectations because I feel like they're sky high for a lot of people. And I get it. I understand it. I'd be pretty impressed with this team. Like we said on paper, this is a super impressive team. But at the end of the day, we need to see it on the field. So let me ask you this question. And I actually heard it. I was, I was listening to, to WIP earlier, and it, it was a really good question. The roster, or, and, and I think it may have been asked um, to Howie, actually, during his press conference today. The roster that the Eagles have right now, if they go into Tampa Bay, is that the outcome might not be different, but does that is that game different? It's not 31 nothing after three quarters. Like, if the roster that the Eagles have now, because I believe the roster that the Eagles have right now is better than the roster at the end of last season. What do you think? Absolutely. Can you game plan differently? Absolutely, because the run game couldn't get going. But mm-hmm. then if you're able to have a passing game with a guy like A.J. Brown, that's a game changer. You're able to go to the air way better. No matter who the quarterback is, you're able to go to the air way more. Like, I feel like, yeah, could we have still fallen behind? Yes, but could we have maybe dug out of it? I definitely think we probably could have dug out of it because we needed a passing game. Passing game wasn't clicking. The Russian attack was completely gone because we were facing one of the best defensive, one of the best teams against the run. So we couldn't get the run going nothing was going and while we fell behind really early the defense kind of held their own and provided a lot of opportunities for the offense but the offense couldn't do anything and we're gonna get into joe maddie's comments special, special teams, teams scare me still because that is definitely a massive wow. massive thing that i have so let's dive into the team Why yeah not? Let's, let's, let's dive let's dive into it they, t- they kept 23 on offense 27 on defense the three specialists um, I think when we did our initial roster a couple weeks back, I, we both had 25, 25, and three. Um, so they they, they were mm-hmm. light on a couple positions. So we'll start at quarterback. Um, Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew, they got rid of Reed Sinet and Carson Strong. Thank you. One of them will most likely be back on the practice squad. I think they should actually go with somebody else that, like, with somebody outside. Um, but it's probably going to be one of them. I'm not sure which one, but not shocked that Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew are the two quarterbacks. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on these positions where we kind of knew. Running back, they only kept three, which I'm kind of surprised, which makes me think that Marlon Mack, who got cut by um, – who did he get cut by? Houston. Houston. He could potentially be on his way. You know, he has um, – him and him and Nick Sirianni uh, have, have cohesiveness there. But they kept Miles Sanders, who's not healthy right now, Boston Scott mm-hmm. and Kenny Gainwell. It wouldn't shock me one bit if they come up with a, a fourth a fourth running back over the next couple of days when uh, you're able to start making signings. What do you think? Yeah, when, when you said earlier, I think it was before we even came on the air, Josh Job has an elbow issue that they might be able to put him on IR and stuff. Once they free up space, I think that's one of the reasons they kept so much more on defense because it kind of sounds like they might 
be able to move a couple guys to the IR and then they open up that roster spot for a little bit. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. There was some surprising cuts at the running back position. A lot of like should be on a roster talent that were mm-hmm. cut, even like some rookies from this year, some UDFAs. Um, Joe Maddie says Raheem Blackshear from uh, running back from the Bills. I really liked him too in college. Um, you don't need like this really stud running back, but somebody who could be solid, who could be consistent, who you could trust. And I think Marlon Mack is somebody who maybe you could. Like there's 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 definitely options out there. I kind of thought we'd be more in on Kenyon Drake than we were, but we weren't. Yeah, so I I agree with you though. I think by the by week one, we probably have a fourth running back on roster. And it wouldn't shock it's me. Scary. Like, Mar- Marlon Mack might not get signed because if he signs after the the first game, then he his contract won't be um, guaranteed. So it might be a, it might be a while before the Eagles sign a a fourth running back. But like you just said, going into the first game with Miles Sanders who can't stay healthy, Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott both had injuries throughout throughout camp. Um, so we'll de- we'll definitely see what happens. Uh, let's move yeah, to they, the wide they had to bubble wrap Miles Sanders. That worries me because now you're going to march him out there with tight tight muscles and tendons and everything, and you're going to yeah. say that something's not going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. So let's move to the wide receiver position. Uh, they kept five. The first four we knew were, were locks, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Zach Pascal. And the fifth, Jalen Rager, who I had on my initial one. You did not. Uh, you had Britton Covey. Um, he did not make the team, which I'm not shocked. He just – he didn't do anything special for me anyway. To, to He didn't show explosiveness. He couldn't get – you know, when playing receiver, he didn't show any breakaway speed, didn't show you know getting all, getting away from corners. And he didn't really have the opportunity returning kicks because a lot of the kicks went through the end zone and punts. He didn't really do much. And maybe he didn't get the blocking because in special teams, it's not the, the the regulars out there. So maybe he just didn't, wasn't given the opportunity. I don't know who's going to return punts for the team. I'm, I don't want to see Jalen Rager back there. Um, maybe they signed somebody that got cut surprisingly and, and, and for as another receiver or something that can return kicks. But only keeping five, I'm kind of not shocked. Again, this could be another spot where they're going to wait to see, um, let the dust settle on some of these guys that got cut, and maybe somebody that has a return history will be able to will get signed and be able to take over the return game. Yeah, I mean, this was one of the positions that I wasn't shocked, but I was a bit because I felt that this was one of those positions that you could have helped yourself on special teams. Like I know Devin Allen, I know that a few guys in the painted lines were really high on him as a, as a gunner. And that was something that was worrisome because they cut their best gunner in Andre chair. And then a, one of their likely best up and coming gunners in Devin Allen, um, the chair one we'll get into more when we reach safety. But I mean, gunner is replaceable, but at the same time, you know, if you have a really good one that people are calling an ace, and uh, like a special teams captain, I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little worrisome there. Like that's one of the ones I felt like you could have done. Britton Covey, yes, you don't you didn't like what you saw, but maybe with the ones out there on the field and stuff, with the right people on the field, you might have been able to do more. I'm a little surprised. It's a little light. AJ Brown's had an injury history. Jalen Reger's been super inconsistent. Um, it's a little worse. It's a little light, but like you said, hopefully we see some more uh, added bodies later on. And obviously I think what do they, they get to keep three guys or protect three or four guys each week. There's probably going to be a wide receiver built into that every time, because I can guarantee the, the position I think they're going to bring the most back for on the practice squad, I think will be wide receiver. They had a lot of talent at wide receiver, so I think they're going to bring a lot of their own back. Deion Kane, like Deion Kane, I think should have mm-hmm. made the team. He if, if he makes it through waivers, he'll, he he could come back. Covey or Allen or both. I don't know if they'll bring both of them back. I don't know if they'll bring three back. John Hightower could also be like one of them. We'll see. Again, but I definitely yeah. think Deion Kane should be back if he doesn't get picked up. And then Covey or um, or Allen. I'm going to take a step back real quick. Dario asked, do you think? the Eagles should bring Jordan Howard back for short yardage gainage. I think that you – know, well, okay, so it's a no team has 
even sniffed Jordan Howard. So like he's obviously there. It wouldn't shock me if they don't if if Marlon Mack goes so, goes somewhere else and you know Blackshear goes somewhere else. There's no other running back. And Eagles call up Jordan Howard and be like, all right, let's come back for 18th time. Um, and put him on the great, It's almost like Richard Rodgers. You know these guys that yeah, are like, like permanent overcare lockers. Rodgers will probably come back on the practice squad. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan Howard was also on the practice squad the first about four or five weeks before the Eagles started rounding the ball last year. So it wouldn't shock me if, if Jordan Howard, Howard is back on the roster. I do want them to try to go get somebody else, though. I don't want it to always be let's roll back with Jordan Howard. Um, there's, there's, I, well, yeah, I definitely want them to try and get younger too, if possible. Like, you just eventually Jordan Howard can't be brought back. Like, eventually <laughs> you hit the wall with some of these guys. I would love them to try something different. Um, Kennedy Brooks didn't stand out. Um, I was, I was disappointed in that. I thought he was going to make the team. Mm-hmm. And, and Jason Huntley, he would have been good for pump returns, but obviously you saw like, you would watch him on six carries go for zero or negative yardage. And then he'd bust off like the 50 yard run that he did there in the last preseason game. But at the end of the day, you got to show a little more consistency. But again, I feel really bad for these guys because they were playing behind the twos and the threes. And I really do believe Jason Huntley probably would have done better behind our primary offensive line. I honestly do think he would be better. Honestly, Huntley could come back on the practice squad too. Like mm-hmm. having the sticks. He was team. so he was so patient though. Like you watched him, he wanted things to work in his favor, and they just didn't. And it was such a shame to see with him that yeah. that things couldn't work out because he was patient. He hit holes well, but just didn't get enough support from everybody around him. Yep. So let's move to the tight end position. Uh, we won't spend too much time on this. Dallas Goddard, Jack Stahl, Grant Calcaterra. Calcaterra finally got some playing time on Saturday. It was good to see him out there. Um, so, but it doesn't shock me if, or it doesn't shock me that it's those three. And as you just mentioned, Richard Rogers will probably be back on the practice squad um, because he, like, kind of, as you mentioned, he has a, he has a permanent locker at the Novacare and F, uh, at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Um, I, I'll touch on the on Joe Maddie's comments. So, what do you guys think about running backs Harris and Taylor from the Patriots? I believe it's Kevin Harris and J.J. Taylor. J.J. Taylor, to me, would be more of a no. He's like the change of pace guy. We have it in Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I would take Harris, though. Harris is a big, bruising back. He could definitely do – he could definitely play the short yardage role. He could definitely do the Jordan Howard role, and he's younger. Um, I'd be open to Harris. JJ Taylor now. I'm I'm not really in on that. To me, it can't it can't be a change of pace guy. We have Kenneth Gainwell. He's your pass catching back. Yeah, we need a bruiser. We We need a bruiser or someone who can return punts. If you're not gonna get a bruiser and you get somebody else, I'd like it to be someone you could put back there and has uh, some somewhat of a history of returning kicks or returning punts with some sort of semblance of being better than what we already have. Because right now it's pretty bad. We got yeah. our primary returners. I think would be Jalen Rager and Kenneth Gainwell right now. Probably. We saw how that went last year. All right, so let's move to the offensive line. Uh, the Eagles kept ten on the offensive line: Lane Johnson, uh, Jason Kelsey, Cam Jurgens, Josh Sills, which was a surprise, Andre Dillard, Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Isaac Sayamalo, Jack Driscoll, and Sua Opeta. Jack Anderson got cut. Um, LaRaven Clark got cut. Um, any surprises there that that's that that are that are left? I mean, Andre Dillard. I'm I'm happy he's back because as as much as we love on um, Jordan Mailata, if there's an injury there, I would I think I'd much rather have Andre Dillard than a LaRaven Clark starting at left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. Agreed, and it's I mean it's pretty simple here, Andre Dillard. If you're not getting what you want to see back. Don't move them. It's way we've learned. It's way more valuable to have that depth on the offensive line than to if you think he's worth a second rounder and somebody's offering a fourth, you say no. Like that, this we're talking such a different circumstance with uh, along the offensive line. If Jalen Rager, if he thinks he's if if they think he's worth a third and someone offers a fourth or then I would pull the trigger on that Jalen Rager deal. Wide receivers are way more replaceable, in my opinion, than along the offensive line. To me, that that is, 
you can't replace what they have built along that offensive line. Josh Sills, I agree with you. That was a surprise. I I really like Jack Anderson. I kind of, I kind of, but I mean, this was the 10th offensive lineman. So this is that guy who you were going to basically, who's going to be most versatile, who can play multiple positions and you can use them in a pinch like a few years back when, you know, we had those 14 different line combinations or whatever. Like you want a guy who can play multiple positions and who showed mm-hmm. you enough that you can develop him into something. Clearly Josh Sills clearly must have showed that. And I think he was picked up as a UDFA this past offseason as well. So they must have seen a lot that they liked in him to have him back. Um, the Eagles I, li- I really like Jack Anderson. I, I, I probably would so- have liked to have seen him stay, but. The Eagle scouts deserve a lot of credit. I mean, they had five draft picks, made the most of them, and then three of the undrafted p- players that they picked up are on the roster right now, the initial roster. Uh, Josh Hills, um, Josh Job, and Reed Blankenship, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But, yeah, so they, they all deserve credit. And, and so this offense, the, the offense is not a completed product, obviously. What's on paper now is going to look different in a week and a half, September 11th in Detroit. Um, so – but, I, I mean, again, it's going to come down to Jalen, and I think this offense has the potential to put up points. Let's move over to the defensive side of the football. We'll start on the defensive line. Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, and Javon Hargrave are your, prob- your probable starters. And then Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, Marlon Tupelotu, Derek Barnett, and Teron Jackson. Before we came on, you said you can't believe Marlon Tupelotu made the team. Why, why are your thoughts on that? Or why, why did you think that? I just didn't think that he stood out that much to me. I don't think he's really proven anything. I think this is just a how he loves his trenches. If he can rotate an extra body on the trenches, he's going to do the trenches before he does running back, safety, um, wide receiver. You see it. If it, he knows where he wants the additional body to be. Um, I think Tupaluda would have cleared waivers and would have been a, would have been able to come back on the practice squad and be protected week in week out if if that's how how he wanted to do it but to me I felt like this was a like that front four was a sure thing with the peep bodies that were going to back them up I felt like that was like a sure thing because obviously they have Teron Jackson in there on the edge but we know um but we know that um Hassan Reddick and Hassan Reddick yeah Hassan Reddick is going to be the body up there um, I don't know. I just wasn't like, I mean, Marina Sands says, uh, Marlon outplayed Davis. Um, I mean, Davis got double and triple team. Yeah. David Davis there. guy, Davis was getting eaten alive out there on the field. Nobody was thinking, oh yeah, we better double team Marlon to Paluto. No, nobody was calling for that. That was a guy who just ate a gap. He literally just ate a gap every single game. And he was able to periodically make plays because of that. Um, and it, he was and probably gonna, the biggest beneficiary of Jordan Davis being double and triple teamed because they probably shared the field at times and two bodies or three bodies flowed towards Davis. And, and it's going to be interesting because it felt like during preseason when Jordan Davis was out there, they were in a three-man front. But when um, you know Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave were out there, they were on a four-man front. So we're going to see the versatility and the, the different schemes that, that Jonathan Gannon has uh, planned for the Eagles. Let's move to the linebacker position and – if you remember when we first started doing these shows together, the Eagles linebackers were terrible. They were bad. Alex Singleton, Nate Gary, like this is who we're talking about. TJ Edwards, Kazir White, Hassan Reddick, Nicobe Dean, Kyron Johnson, Patrick Johnson, and these last two I'm shocked made the team. Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor. I'm shocked they kept both of them. One, sure, but both of them? I don't know what the thinking was there because Davion Taylor looked awful in the preseason, and Sean and and, and Sean Bradley is Sean Bradley. He's just you know he's a body. He's there. I don't think he's if he if he's if if he is on the field playing linebacker this season, then the Eagles have had issues at linebacker, which I don't see for happening. Uh, what are your thoughts on the linebacker position? I agree. Right before we came on the air, I I said it. I can see keeping one of these guys as just that extra body at linebacker, but keeping both of them made no sense. And in our projections for both of us, we didn't have Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley together. You had Sean Bradley. I think I had Davion Taylor. 
like we we had it completely different um in that regard but i mean kyron johnson worked for me um patrick johnson he worked for me i we talked about that patrick johnson he can be one of those hybrid like very hassan reddick like he can be a hybrid linebacker edge type um patrick johnson i think had one of the one of two sacks for us in the preseason um but yeah obviously those first three are huge those first three are huge kazeroy tj Edwards, and hassan reddick are going to be really good when hassan reddick rotates down to be an edge whoever comes in to cover probably nicobe dean maybe kyron johnson patrick johnson i feel comfortable with them Davion Taylor, like you said, he was terrible. He was so bad. Like, there's nothing that justified keeping him to me. And Sean Bradley, like you say, Sean Bradley, he's going to provide stuff on special teams, and really that's about it. Davion Taylor, like we said, I think it was um, after that Bengals game, he had four missed tackles, and if he had have been able to clear through the garbage well enough, he would have been missing, like, probably double that. Like, if he had have found his way to the ball, I guarantee you he would have been six or eight missed tackles that night. Like, he's so – his angles are bad. His his instincts are bad. I just can't – there's so much – I can't – there's so much more bad I could say about Davion Taylor. I just can't. So, uh, Matt says, fire Howie. We always have somebody who comes on so in Matt, the comments and says, fire Howie. You're not so. happy with the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson trade. This roster is a lot better now than it was at the end of the season last year. Um, they have two first-round picks next year. I get it. They don't have a franchise quarterback right now. But maybe there's, what, a handful of franchise quarterbacks in the NFL? Um, you need to give them a little bit of credit. So well, if, if Matt were to respond, let's move on to, to cornerback. The Eagles probably have the best trio of cornerbacks in the NFL um, in the NFL in Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox. Um, the other three, Zach McPherson, Josh Job, one of the UDFAs. And they won a Super Bowl with Howie putting the roster together in 2017. That's what they won. They went to the playoffs last year with a really bad roster. I think I think people realize don't realize like how special the New England Patriots dynasty was versus how difficult it is to compile year over year over year a team that makes a deep run in the playoffs or wins a Super Bowl multiple seasons. Go back in time and look at how many teams have won back to back Super Bowls. It's, it's the Patriots. It, it's the Patriots, and then nobody, nobody, because it is so year, damn yeah. hard to do that. Like it, you have to respect as much as we hated Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and what they did to the NFL. You have to respect that franchise and the dynasty that they had because I'm convinced the way the NFL is now that we will never see dynasties similar to that. It's so difficult because of how balanced the NFL has become to have constant teams winning over and over again. All right, so let's finish off the corners. Uh, Slay, Bradbury, Maddox, McPherson, Job, and Josiah Scott. And I think he's another one that might be hurt, which, again, go on IR, open up a roster spot, probably bring back a receiver or some a running back or something. Um, but the top three are, you know, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox are very good. Um, and as long as there's no injuries there, we're going to be fine. We both talked about Josh Job and Mario Goodrich. I was, you were a Job guy. I mean, I, I was a Job guy too, but I was, I liked Goodrich more than Job. Um, I think Goodrich, if he clears waivers, is going to be back on the practice squad. And Job, maybe potentially something you've talked about a lot is maybe his future is at the safety position. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But um, I like that group of corners. Again, Josiah Scott, I'm really surprised. I, I didn't think he would make the team. But, I mean, it is what it is. He'll be a special teams guy. Again, they could have kept Andre yeah. Shasher. On, I know he's a safety, mm -hmm. but whatever. You could have kept him. Well, I think like Josiah Scott, it depends on what depth chart you look at, but there's some that have him corner, some that have him safety. So, I mean, what they actually decide to do with him, I, I don't know. But Josiah Scott's a guy who's going to see the field like 20% yeah. or less in the entire season. Same yeah. with Job, same with Reed Blank and Chip. And again, if they're like, playing, some of these guys are never. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some of those guys are just rotational guys to give somebody a breather or whatever. And, but you shouldn't see like Gardner Johnson and Marcus Epps should be out there 90% of snaps 
or more. 95% of snaps unless like, it's a well, blowout. Marcus Epps, like, that was one of the big things. People are like, can he take on that workload? So the big – he's going to answer a major question because now they made safety basically in a way that you have to – be able to play 90, 95% of snaps because there's not much behind you to save you if you're not producing at the rate you want. Um, but I kind of got off the uh, cornerbacks. Zach McPherson's the only one with me. Um, and like Darrow said about Davion Taylor, they invested a fourth round pick in Davion Taylor. They're not going to let him go that easy. It's the same thing with Zach McPherson. He was what, a third round pick, fourth round pick? Like He was he was right in that ballpark. So they're not going to let him go that easily, but there's hasn't been a whole lot to impress me, but there has been some reports that said he had a, an amazing camp, but then we didn't see a whole lot of anything during preseason games. He didn't get to play a whole lot in some of the preseason games. So to me, there's a lot of question marks with Zach McPherson, but there might, there's clearly something there that maybe we did not get to see, but that the media did get to see with Zach McPherson. Um, I love Tay Gowan. I wish he had made the team, but I get it. I get it. Um, he was good on special teams too. Yeah, like, like they, they let go a couple of guys that were like you said. Shasher was the captain of the special teams pretty much last year. Like they let go, and, and the special teams really wasn't that good last year. And you're letting go guys that were actually good. That kind of worries me. If somebody actually did make a comment about like the nobody teams. is on this team with a purpose of being a core special like a key core special teamer to me like yeah you can sit there and say yes sean bradley will be out there kyron johnson will be out there josh job kevon well yes we get that those guys will be out there but none of them to me stand out as they're gonna be aces or they're gonna be like these game changing guys on special teams and as special teams the last like what has it been three seasons has just went down and down and down and nobody is being kept with that purpose like you have a guy like Re- you've Reed Blankenship there, you've Kevon Wallace. Like Kevon Wallace's position on special teams is more replaceable than a gunner. Having an effective gunner is far more important than what Kevon Wallace's role is in special teams. So that's why to me, Andre Chichere made sense. And we talked about it in the past. I had Andre Chichere and Kevon Wallace on this roster. Reed Blankenship really, really stepped up big time. But like, Kevon Wallace to me needed to do more, and I don't think that he did enough to warrant being on the roster over Andre Chichere. And again, we'll move to the safety position now. Marcus Epps, Kevon Wallace, Reed Blankenship, and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Epps and uh, Gardner Johnson are going to be the starters. Again, when Wallace got drafted a couple years back, we were both high on it. We loved it. But you're right. Like under. Um, Jim Schwartz, he just wasn't able to get on the field. It's like Schwartz didn't really like him. Then he had injury issues, wasn't able to get on the field last year. Came into camp in great and in, in pretty good shape this year, but just still was a disappointment. First play of the game against the Dolphins, 51 yards, he got turned around. And again, it was against Tyreek Hill. And again, I'm not going to kill him on that because Tyreek Hill does that against everybody. He does that against the, the best of the best. Um, so it doesn't but shock But to me, me, that's a big thing. He, they put their ones out there. You had a chance to show out. And you completely blew a tire. Like, to me, I can't, like, you have to try and show something. Like, Andre Chichere, I get it. A couple weeks ago, was up against the twos and the threes of the Cincinnati Bengals, but he was breaking up plays. He had that big hit at the goal line there when uh, Dobbs tried to get it. Yeah, against the Browns, sorry. When Dobbs tried to get into the end zone, like, he actually made plays. And it doesn't matter who he was against, he actually made plays. Kevon Wallace didn't really do anything for me. He didn't really make any plays. I think this is, again, a self-preserving move by Howie. Kevon Wallace, Jalen Reger, um, Damian Taylor, some of these guys, they had such high draft capital for who they were that they're just self-preserving moves by Howie. Look what I did, but I'm still going to sneak in some of these guys who don't have a right being on this team. And this is going to be typical Howie things, but he's done so much to make you ignore it. But I can't ignore some of the, some of these guys being there over some of the guys that could have been there. Yeah, and again, once the dust settles over the next 24 hours when all these guys clear waivers, um, if, the, if the Eagles put any claims in for any of the guys, it wouldn't shock me if Davion Taylor or Sean Bradley are gone. Um, I don't think that they would release a safety unless they bring in, say, a Tony Jefferson. You bring in you bring in some a safety that got released that 
and you get rid of a Caban Wallace and, and keep Reed Blankenship because Reed, he was probably the second best safety this offseason or this mm -hmm. uh, this training camp behind Marcus Epps. Um, Tart got released today. He or yesterday he um was not good. Like when I mentioned it when he when he got it playing against Cleveland, he was in, out there in the fourth quarter and he kind of knew something was up. <laughs> Like he he was definitely on the uh, on the the and I thought it was because he was like an emergency safety, but it's clear they wanted to see more from him, and they didn't see more. And I guess I was reading an article by a 49ers writer because 49ers have safety injuries, so they're probably they're apparently doing the research yeah, on Jacquisky Tart. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so this writer said that he talked to a Philadelphia Eagles writer, and the Philadelphia Eagles writer basically said that. It never felt like they were bought into Jaquiski Tart. It never felt like the coaching staff really want liked him or wanted him there. And so they just kind of brought him in to be a camp body, and that's ex exactly what he was. Yeah, and, and again, he but just to wasn't... me, an, another one here to me, I feel like you could have kept Harris. I still feel like Harris. They made though no, they bumbled this by get by signing Harris over Ronnie McLeod. Should have brought Ronnie McLeod back in the first place. That's who should have been here. A hundred percent. Like it should have been, and you still could have won God Gardner Johnson, and we still would have been happy. Like you, to me, Reed Blankenship and Kevon Wallace do not give me any type of confidence. If Gardner Johnson or Epps goes down, I don't trust these guys to run with the ones and be consistent and do a really good job of it. Whereas, like, if you had Rodney McLeod, even if you had Anthony Harris, and I get it, Harris, they should have taken McLeod over Harris, but, like, Harris at least has the experience with the ones. He's someone you could have trusted. You can still, you know, cycle guys in and out, and you don't have, to have them back. out there. He yeah. still could come back. He still could come back. But to me, the fact that they didn't keep them, like, it's not like there was that much money tied up in them. Yeah. They had like well 1.5 million guaranteed, so they saved a million dollars by letting the guy go. I think that was it. Like, and then we'll finish it off with this, the special teams guys: Elliot Lovato and Aaron Sipos. Sipos, um, surprised they didn't bring a punter in at all during camp to compete yeah. with them. I agree. And then there were a couple of punters that were released over the last couple of days, like Sam Martin from Denver, um, some some guys that you know actually are legit and just doesn't. It, Surprised me that the Eagles didn't – unless they just – they liked that trio of Lovato to Sipos to Elliott, like holding – Sipos holding for Elliott. But when it comes to the punt game, we know Sipos struggled down the stretch last year, so hopefully he figured that out. What would your grade be for this Eagles roster right now? I would give it an A-. minus. A if I if we're talking a grade scale, I would probably give it an A minus. I'm not there to give it an A or an A plus yet because I don't. I love the starters, but there's a few of these positions where I have major question marks in regards to what's behind them and special teams. Special teams knocks it down an entire letter grade to me because well, it should almost knock it down an entire. I mean, like, uh, you know, instead of A and A minus, that alone knocks it down. The special teams are really concerning to me. I'm on our lads looking at the depth chart. They have punt returners, Jalen Reger, Kenneth Gainwell, and Quez Watkins. And I don't think Quez Watkins is going to be a return because you don't want to risk injuring Quez Watkins. He's somebody you want to make sure you have on the field. He's going to be out there. Him, Smith, Pascal, they're all going to – they're good. well, Smith, Smith and Brown – are going to be out there like 90, 95% of snaps, but Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal are the ones who are going to rotate in and out probably in the three wide receiver sets. Um, and if you have the four wide receiver sets, he's going to be out there. So he's still going to be out there probably, you know, almost 50% of snaps. So to me, you're not going to put Quez Watkins in the, in the fire and line of fire for pump return, but that that's worrisome. It is. And again, I still think that they're going to bring somebody in. And before I get my grade, Darrow, don't ever apologize. We like all the comments. We may not get to every one of them, but we, we appreciate uh, you listening and, and giving us your, your feedback on what you think is going on with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to give them a B right now. The starters are, are good all around. They have really good talent all around. Um, Depth-wise, I mean, they got good offensive line depth. They got good defensive line depth. But – like you said, in the secondary, if 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 somebody in the cornerback position gets hurt or if somebody in the safety position gets hurt, 
I'm a little worried. Um, again, the, the special teams is worried, so I'm getting rid of really a couple of really good gunners. I'm not having a return guy punt or kick, kick. I'm not really worried about because it gets kicked through the end zone eighty percent of the time anyway. Um, so I'm not really worried about that. Jalen Rager can be back there for that. He does a good job of watching balls go sailing by. But punt head. return, punt return is like is key because I don't want that ball bouncing at the ten and then rolling down to the one. Like, and and I and I I hope our defense you know gets more forces more turnovers, gets more sacks this year, um, to to give short fields to this offense because Jalen Jalen could use that. The offense could use that. We don't want them to always have to drive the length of the field to score. And maybe we're having AJ Brown and and and. You know, Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith, it'll open things up and we'll be able to have, instead of long, sustained drives where we're running the football, we'll be able to throw the ball downfield and score in two plays. Like we had that 91-yard completion to Quez Watkins last year and didn't even score on the damn play or on that dang possession. So that's what, you know, I'm going to put it at a B right now. But if you ask me next Friday when, we, when, we, when we're here again previewing that Detroit game, this team is going to look different. It's going to look – it's the 53 that are on the roster right now are not going to be the same 53 when they go to Detroit September 11th. So that, that grade can obviously change. But I, I'm excited. Um, as you mentioned, the Eagles are the healthiest team in the division right now. Are they the best team? Who knows? Um, but they have that potential. And I know, and again, game's not played on paper, but if you look at all the names, you look at the position by position, this team is really good. Maybe, you know, minus a, a position here and there. So they have the potential. It's going to come down to Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon. They're the three guys that have to step up for this team to be able to go where they want to go. Agreed. I definitely agree on that point. There was one final thing I wanted to touch on, and that was Jalen Reger in the trade market. Do you still believe, because Jeff Mosier started the day off essentially by saying the trade market for Jalen Reger was heating up, um, and then there was another report that emerged that the Minnesota Vikings were in um, and a late round pick was in the discussions um, and nothing ever came to fruition. I'm curious at this point, are these reports completely bogus or is there actually interest in how he's playing hardball? Because he should not be playing hardball with Jalen. You can get anything. I think, I think I mean, do it. Howie has his has his you know reporters that he goes to, and I think Howie may have leaked it out just to be like, hey, put this out there to see if he can get gain more interest. Um, look, it, they could just hold on to him if a, if if a receiver from another team gets hurt, um, you know, week week one, week two, week three, whatever it is, and they need somebody, they could call the Eagles up, and maybe he can get more than a fifth round pick because um, maybe he just doesn't think it's worth trading somebody you got in the first round, even though he hasn't performed to a first round level. I don't think he wants to trade that for a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick. So do you think Jalen Reger is on the roster end of 2023? End of this season, is he um, still an eagle? It's a good question. I don't think he'll be on the roster by the end of the year. I agree. He'll be traded. I, I think they like, won't cut him because it costs more money to cut him. Mm-hmm. He'll be traded. It's got to be a trade. It has it's to be a, be a trade because they're not like, I understand people are like, oh, just cut him, just cut him, eat the dead money. Howie's not the type who's just going to eat whatever, like $4 million dead dollars just to get rid of Jalen Rager, just to say, okay, you're gone. There's clear, I believe there is an interest. I just believe something has to happen for the two sides to find, to come together. I think Howie wants a little bit more than teams are willing to pay but something needs to happen an injury needs to happen a shot in the leg to some teams wide receiver depth has to happen we know the vikings have been interested we know the ravens have been interested Did you we imagine know there's that teams going that to minnesota playing right next to justin jefferson i said that in our group chat today i was like man imagine but imagine justin jefferson adam thielen Jalen regger being the third I mean, there's you do know though like if Justin Rager could Jaylen be better Rager, this year because if Jalen Rager gets traded, he's going to go out and and catch and have like an 800 yard season. It's gonna happen. 100, percent definitely gonna happen that way. But I don't know. Like the reports get me all excited, and I just I hope and I wish that that something that a deal gets done. I do believe Jalen Rager deserves a change of scenery. And Howie basically holding him prisoner so that he doesn't have to basically admit he completely bombed that first round pick, which we already all know he did. Like, 
enough self-preservation. Some of these guys you just have to give up on. Um, Davion Taylor, like when you look at the self-preservation there, he was an athlete, but he was super raw. You knew that it could take the entirety of his rookie contract for him to become anything. But Jalen Reger, you invest a first-round pick, you need to know what you're getting. This isn't about an athlete. This isn't about a guy who runs really fast. You need to absolutely know what you're getting in a guy. And I think he, he missed, and the self-preserving act on Jalen Reger needs to end before the end of this year, sometime by the trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. So, um, look, I like what the roster looks like now. I can't wait till September 11th. It's going to be so much fun. Finally, the, the regular season is here. Get rid of this – or get, get past these preseason games, which are – as much as I love football and I watched every every preseason game that the Eagles had – I know it's only three. I watched all the, the preseason games. It was still kind of bad to watch, especially that last one. Um, yeah, the, the watching like the threes versus the threes was – you it makes you value – when you have really good twos and when you have really good depth, because watching the threes play football, like Reed Sinet was oh excruciating to watch. He, he was, he was so bad. And I was shocked that like, they didn't give all that money that they gave to Carson strong. And he was worse. Worse. And than he Reed played Sinet. like, and he played like 15, what was it? 20 total snaps, something like that. Like that was it. You paid him that much money. At least get a good look at him in the preseason. They got a, apparently they got a good look at him in practice and we're like, uh, no, <laughs> we're going to pass. How he should have just let that one go. He spent so much money on unrestricted free agents and the ones that undrafted he spent the most, yeah, the undrafted. So, and the ones that he spent the most money on, he didn't even keep. I think Mario Goodrich and Carson Strong had the two most. And then it was Josh Job and Kennedy Brooks. And he, I think, I think he didn't even keep them. I, th- I really think that Mario Goodrich will be back. I think Deion Kane and either Kobe or Allen will be back. There's mm-hmm. three guys right there. Um, so we will definitely talk practice squad on September 9th is going to be our next episode. That's the preview show. We will spend the first like five minutes going over the practice squad just because obviously it would complete this this show, this 53-man roster, plus you got to talk to 16-man practice squad and who we think will be like those guys who are going to be protected week in and week out. Um, so we'll definitely hit on that to start the preview show for the Lions game. But I cannot believe that we are talking about a show that will happen in 10 days, nine days pretty much, and we are going to be previewing week one. And just so, just and, and to give our, our, list, our viewers – an idea. So Fridays, obviously schedule dependent and what whatever the, the Eagle schedule is, they're going to be our preview show. Tuesday is going to be our reaction show. So hopefully you guys will join us every Friday, starting Friday, September 9th, and then every Friday, every Tuesday and Friday after that, throughout the 2022 NFL season. And hopefully it leads to at least a playoff berth. And I'm just those. saying, Darrow. Overall, you're ecstatic about our 53-man roster, not just happy. Based on the comments I've seen, don't sugarcoat this. <laughs> happy is an understatement. It is. Well, we appreciate all the comments. We appreciate everybody uh, view, uh, listening or watching um, the Kelly Green Hour 53-man re- uh, Philadelphia Eagles 53-man reaction show. Um as always, follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHerald54. Follow Kelly Greenhour on Twitter at Kelly Greenhour. Follow the Painted Lines at the Painted Lines. And follow Edge of Philly Sports at Edge of Philly that Sports. That was wild. My fingers hurt after today. The <laughs> amount of tweeting I was doing today to keep up with everything. Yeah, Connor does, Connor does an awesome job on you know throughout the offseason and game day of keeping our the Kelly Greenhour. Twitter active and, and uh, you know, given the, what's going on in the game, if somebody's not able to watch for some for some reason, but everybody's eyes will be on the TV at 1 p.m. Eastern time on September 11th as the Philadelphia Eagles kick off the season against the Detroit Lions in the Motor City. So we'll be back on September 9th to get you ready for the 2022 season opener. For Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to 
and watching the Kelly Green Hour. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently arrives. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going. 